Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a DLF podcast. Uh, this week I talked to John Hogue from the Superflex Super Show on the DLF uh, family of podcasts um, about quarterback strategy, but also moves that he wants to make uh, in general in Dynasty, but specifically thinking about next year on teams that might not be competitive this year. And he had a lot of thoughts on running back, which I thought were very interesting. Always enjoy talking to my favorite frenemy, John Hogue, who uh, recently proclaimed himself, self-proclaimed himself to be the leading podcaster in Honduras. So if you're from Honduras and that's not true, please let me know and I will help you expose John Hogue. Um, anyway, I really enjoyed it, so much so that I couldn't cut out nearly enough to get it to 30 minutes. So it's running a little long this week, but honestly, I thought it was a really good episode. I had a great time. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, let me know if you did. Thanks. John, who are you and what do you do? Yo. I like the way I started with your name, you know, John. (laughs) I I, I think it's a nice hat tip to how ridiculous (laughs) this exercise is. Carry on. (laughs) <laughs> well, so this is my first time on Dynasty Crossroads, by the way. I've been on the grind, but you've never had me on the crossroads, which seems like the perfect place for you and I uh, to to hash out all of, all of our stuff, our many, many issues. But uh, John Hoke, super flex dude on Twitter, and uh, the, the arch nemesis of one Peter Howard. <laughs> right. No, no, man. Uh, I'm your arch nemesis. You're that my too, that one you of many are. haters. You know, it's it's <laughs> not the same. It's not the same. It's like a dad level own right there. No, I am. <laughs> um, no, uh, what, what, what do we disagree with? What do you do again? You're super flex dude, so I assume yeah. you're playing one QB leagues. That's it. Exclusively <laughs> one QB. Yeah. Exclusively I talk one about QB. super flex leagues, but I don't play in them. I... Right. Have, and that's where quarterback extreme comes from is absolutely no practical application uh exactly. no no point of reference exactly um <laughs> and you have your own podcast it's called the Superflex super show so we should probably yeah. say that so people can find it and listen to that instead of mine that'd be cool actually let's let's just cut that let's cut that in editing uh what is qbx and qb extreme Quarterback Extreme is a dynasty superflex startup strategy that is essentially calling for for you to roster five starting NFL quarterbacks, which is particularly hard to do in the year of our Lord 2022 because uh, figuring out other five stars. <laughs> yeah like can you find five worth rostering that that was kind of the tough part um but i mean part of the it, it, to me it makes it just even more important and you and you start early you start early in the draft with your first you want three quarterbacks out of your first four picks essentially um and if you had done that i mean you end up with some guys with some job security you know, you probably would have ended up with guys like Joe Burrow in the first round, Jalen Hurts in the second round, and you know, maybe uh, uh, maybe Tua uh, in like the third or fourth round. So, you know, that's that's kind of the type of guys that we were targeting, and 
there are definitely some examples of what not to do this year, even in the first couple rounds. Right. But, you know, I think that if I was going to just sit here and cherry pick, uh, which I just did, um, mm-hmm. I, I can point to you had a uh, really weird draft order to get all three of those. Yeah, I saw, I yeah. noticed it. I was going to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, Avoid the Zach Wilson slide into the two. Uh, I saw you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that one hurts me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I but I, yeah, I, I, man, I can't even tell you how much I ended up with Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Um, and luckily both of those guys were later picks. Those were my, you know, third and, and fifth quarterbacks a lot of times. Um, so that's the thing. That's the thing about quarterback extreme is I'm still surviving in those leagues where I did that. Uh, even though, you know, I had those two quarterbacks that just completely missed, like think about the teams that would have took, you know, Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson at the two, three turn to start their draft and then just said, all right, so I'm set at quarterback. Now you're just like completely done. <laughs> you're, you're trying to find the, the exit on uh, in this dynasty league, just like pull the candlestick and get me out of here. All right. Where, where to start with that mess uh, for a start, <laughs> let's define the word strategy. <laughs> no. Um, why is that stronger? Let me, let me cherry pick and say, why is that stronger than saying taking Jamal chase and then, Jalen Hurts and then Tua. You know, it's it's ADP 50, 60 by the time you're getting really shy. Like uh, Mac Jones is around ADP 70. So, and first five rounds, most startable quarterbacks dry, dry up. So you're taking one every mm-hmm. round and, and you have no Jamar Chase. Yeah. You have no Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Why I is mean, that well, so first of all, historically, you're getting starting quality quarterbacks into the 10th round essentially um they're not going to be good but you know you can get you know jimmy garoppolo would have he actually probably would have made it a little farther for you but you know you 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 could have ended up with guys like that uh by the you know somewhere around the eighth ninth tenth round so it's not that you have to go five straight quarterbacks like people do that and i get it I just, I, I, you, you still have to be able to reinforce those guys because they're not exactly creating a scoring advantage, you know, one quarterback versus another, that's not necessarily a scoring advantage. Um, but it, you know, you, you still have to win at those other positions, but what we do know is that you have to have that foundational scoring that the quarterback position gives you. And you've got to make sure that you've got it every single week. So that's the reason to get five of them. Um, you know, even even having two of the elite guys, we've kind of come to find out that even that doesn't necessarily give you a, a you know any kind of advantage. Um, you know, unless it, for, you you find the right combination of guys who end up staying healthy um, and giving you you know, a pretty high weekly floor. But I mean, the reality is Geno Smith has outscored, you know, uh, Joe Burrow, um, Lamar Jackson, like, not every single week, but it's within his range of outcomes to do that. That non-positional advantage quarterback is still available later and undervalued. So you can still, mm-hmm. 
take higher value players through the first five rounds. Not that you want, don't want to draft a, a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes. If we could not cherry pick and pretend we can get both. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah um, so yeah, yeah, broadly, I don't disagree with the idea. It's just, uh, it's just emphasizing it um, outside of that, say top five tier, especially in yeah. the early rounds seems uh, counterproductive, but I, I, I do get the so, overall there. It's, it's emphasizing the undervalue of quarterback in the startup. Right. right. Well, and, and to me that, that top five tier that you're talking about, it's again, it's less about the scoring advantage that those players give you. It's more about their job security because that's mm-hmm. it, especially in dynasty, like, you know, yeah, these guys can play into their forties, obviously, but they've got to be good enough that someone lets them <laughs> do that. So, you know, we're kind of looking for the guys who are who are gonna hold their job long enough um, that we can kind of build around them. You know, right now Russell Wilson, the 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 issue with Russell Wilson isn't that he's not scoring enough for you on a weekly basis, although he's not, but. Uh, you know, it's it's not he's that really he's, <laughs> he's but it's not that he's massively being outscored by the entire quarterback position, the rest of the the quarterback position. It's just that it's it's getting a little hard to to imagine him having long term job security, even with the contract. It's still just like at some point they're going to have to move on from this. You know, there and and that was part of the issue with the you know the 2020 rookie class, for instance. We were having a really hard time navigating that because it was like none of these guys have, including Trevor Lawrence, none of these guys have really or 2021. I'm sorry, but you know these guys really haven't taken the type of step that we were looking for as rookies, and so now we've got to figure out like who's gonna bust out and who's actually going to last. I'm pretty sure Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, even Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. I'm pretty sure these are the names that are going to be in the mix for 10 years, if you know what I mean. Then again, we probably would have Most said likely. that about Russell Wilson, but he is also, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has relatively few prospects with as clean a profile. And he's doing well, but in a sucky situation. I don't necessarily have to evaluate the player to know that. So what I'm going to do is take this back to... um. It seems to be, uh, there's, there's very, like, again, quarterbacks are undervalued in the startup. That's not only a good thing to know and try to exploit. Um, it, it, it's a thing, something most would say, right? I, I think mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. And the part that worries me about it is uh, it's very long-term based. And that's not a problem because we're playing dynasty, but it is in the sense that, you know, if you're not building year over year if you're not trying to be competitive year over year you're really limiting your chances by focusing on quarterback perhaps more than that you might limit your chances to try and get actual advantages to try and win in an individual season the fact that jimmy garoppolo is going to be playing 10 years out even if it's one game or two games from from now mm-hmm. um for one random team probably matters less to my ability to win next year or over the next three years even than if i just hit a greg Dorch in right. that same draft round. Now, again, Jimmy Garoppolo has that security. Even Jim, even Jimmy Garoppolo has the security of position or advantage, and maybe he's probably not his job security in that particular... But again, that's, you know, it's Joe Flacco, it's Matt Ryan, decent quarterbacks. They're going to start games. They're going to be roster rolling super flex. I can even take it at that level. 
Yeah. But like for next year, catching next year's Greg Dorch probably has more relative um, effect on my fantasy outcome to within a reasonable expectation for how long the league's going to last. And then whether Jimmy Garoppolo will be in the league longer. If you know what I mean? If Does it not push you too far out long term um, if you're focusing it on it any more than that? I think, I mean, it, it, like at some point it has to depend on your roster construction a little bit, right? Like, yes, sir. The, you know, the, once you've got those five quarterbacks, like that's kind of the beauty of it is you've, so first of all, you're drafting in a startup, you're drafting the quarterbacks rather than, you know, trying to do it in through the rookie draft when we don't have nearly enough information. We've got that information with the, with these vets. We've got a pretty good idea of who are going to be the guys right. with job security that'll hold that value for you for several years. And the the beauty of it is now you get to say, all right, that position is done. Like I've 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 just you know for the next five years, my quarterback position is just kind of completely taken care of. And then you and, just go exploring for everyone else in rookie drafts, kind of a thing essentially yeah i mean and i think that you can do so you can do the same thing at wide receiver because they also have the same uh not the same uh career expectancy that quarterbacks have but it's it's similar like they last a lot longer right they um typically they're going to give us and you know it usually takes a year or two for them to to peak but then they man they once they peak they just kind of hold that for several years right running backs do not running backs typically it's like a year to year proposition so the next focus can be at wide receiver and kind of do the same thing we're just trying to find those young those young guys that we can just kind of set it and forget it the difference is we've got a lot more of those wide receivers to choose from I, you know, I, at least in theory, we've got 32 quarterbacks to choose from, and we know that not all of them are going to be, you know, foundational for us. We know that most of these guys are going to be fighting for their jobs next year, you know? So whereas at wide receiver, I mean, yeah, we'd love, we'd all love to have Jamar chase, but I mean, you're going to get very similar production, uh, not not the same production. Don't get me wrong here, but you're going to get similar production from Hollywood Brown later in the draft. You're going to get similar production from Devonta Smith. You're going to get similar production from George Pickens. Like there are just kind of so many different ways to go find some young wide receivers that you can just kind of that you can leave in your starting lineup and just not even think about it. No, I like the idea of it because I think we're always trying to look for that way. <clears throat> Although every way of playing Dynasty that I've come across essentially tries to block off a position. I've got this taken care of. Whether it's just yeah. don't care about tight ends until you really have to trade for like a really old Travis Kelsey to just mm-hmm. try and get the, the positional edge to get you over the line. Or whether it's um, trade running backs in their second year like Zach Reed plays. Just don't think about that position. Anything outside of once a value hits trade it away and go looking for others like in some way make simplifying at least one position on your roster because you have so many things you're trying to hunt for and because there's so much variance in projection and prediction that it makes it easier to say this position i can take care of solidly just by doing this 
Yeah. And it makes sense in Superflex to do it at quarterback because there's such um, an added emphasis on quarterback in Superflex segue. Because one, I don't think we necessarily think about aging correctly when we think about Dynasty. And yeah. also because those Jimmy Garoppolo, who we randomly, honestly, I randomly chose him. But he's right now in Superflex ADP being taken a few spots below Leonard Fournette. Essentially, they're the same pick. It's just whatever team happens to be there. And I assume you would take Jimmy Garoppolo over Fournette. Most likely. I mean, again, I, I, at that point, I do think it depends on roster construction. That, and, that's what I'm getting to, you see. Like, if yeah. you're building your way um, and he can be your fifth quarterback, you're probably much more leaning towards Jimmy Graham, at least anyway. Right. I'm saying that's very, I definitely get that. Um, although Tyler Lockett's right there too. And so is Pat Ferriman. So screw you and take it. But <laughs> let's just stick Conflict with Fournette. Hell, yeah. What I'm trying to emphasize is like um, Fournette, I think, largely is seen as a done thing in dynasty yeah okay you've had your top another top 12 season do but rashad white just got the start this week we're done here yeah but if you instead of playing in a way that says well leonard fournette doesn't get worse because actually i don't think that happens and um, but he could be a top 12 running back next year again and and you go that direction you construct your roster to take those kind of shots to incorporate your point then, yep, you definitely have a player who's not going to be as long-term viable, even as Jimmy Garoppolo. We can switch the name, actually, to like Jared Goff, because he's probably in an uncertain situation, too. But San Francisco's really angling itself, I think, to try Trey Lance out at least a while. And I definitely see your point there, like generically um, build your rosters in a way that you can secure those quarterbacks. And then mm-hmm. at least you don't, you're blocking off that position. You've got that everything you just said about quarterback. But if you are actually building in a way where you take the shot at Fournette, or even in that range of some older players like uh, Darnell Mooney, mm-hmm. actually Rashad White's right here. You just dropped November ADP, by the way, and like it's already out of date. Uh, the team that builds in a way to take le- the shot on older players at different positions right there, then their upside is like, oh, I'm much more competitive next year. Whereas yeah. your upside is I'm as competitive for the next three years. Yeah, and so exactly. at some point you do have, I, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but by playing the way you do, what where do you try to make those draft picks or trades or however it is you might go about doing it? And you might not have thought about it in this way, so I'm just going to throw it at you randomly. But if you build, I would be more tempted with those upsides at different positions by the time I get there. Hopefully I've at least got two, three quarterbacks by the time we get this deep. And instead yeah. I'm like Fournette, Mooney, and Tyler Lockett, have a bigger effect on my chance to win relatively soon rather than the stability of my roster if i can divide it that way but so but you see what i'm getting at how do you try and compete year over year if you're always thinking five years down the road i guess for sure i mean i think part of it is to like to kind of compartmentalize each position but because so here's the thing we've got two different forces working against us the first thing is there's a totally different mindset at the beginning of the startup draft to the rest of the, the life of the dynasty league. Because yeah, I love that start... part because like, this seems like obvious to me, but if this was three yeah. years in and I need a quarterback and someone offers me any position not available, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. You're like, I couldn't trade those players outright because they're like, no, yeah. I need to start them. So right. Karen, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it though. And people, it, it kind of fall into this trap of thinking about 
you know, the draft as if like, oh, all of the entire player pool is available to me in the startup. And like com- completely ignore the fact that they're uh, they're also available to all eleven the other eleven people in your league. It's not like right. you have exclusivity to everybody just because they're all available for you to draft. You have to a- actually draft them. So, but people kind of get lost in that part of it, and they look and see all these quarterbacks still available, and say, "Oh, you know, screw that. Like I can worry about it later. Take a wide receiver." But yeah, you know, down the, you know, a couple years in, even one year in sometimes, you know, if you drafted Russell Wilson, now you need a quarterback and they're <laughs> not all available to you anymore. You definitely right. don't have exclusivity to them now. And now you have to pay whatever price they come, you know, everybody else comes up with. And in most cases, they're not in a position to give up a quarterback unless they're going to get one in return. Well, they're not going to take Russell Wilson from you. Like that doesn't fix anything for them unless you maybe if you give a big enough plus on top, but it's almost like you're just giving away Russell Wilson for free at that point. So like, that's kind of the way those negotiations go. You just, it, you, you almost have to write a blank check to get a quarterback to be able to fix it. But to reverse so, that on you, it's true in reverse too. Like if you were competitive and you're trying to win and you go to a team and say, here's Jimmy Garoppolo, give me that running back. Like, mm-hmm. nah, I, if, if they don't want the running back, they, yeah. they're not interested in the quarterback that you can start next week. If you know what I mean? Because they're not too interested in their starting roster next week. That's why they'd be interested in that. Run- so the yeah. trade value works negatively in the reverse as well. Like if you hold the quarterbacks, you still have this, okay, we'll try and get that first for them right now. <laughs> like no one sure. wants to trade a first for Garoppolo <laughs> except for very few teams. Um, and there are, and I feel like there's always a Matt Ryan. Uh, Aaron Rodgers before he literally just got hurt when we started this podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> like a, an hour ago, he was healthy and disappointed. Russell Wilson right now, again, He's now someone people want to trade away, but if you want a quarterback, there are options to get quarterbacks that people are willing to trade away because they're worried about what's going to, that this might be the end, as it were, if you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, so that, man, there's so much psychology involved in in dynasty football. And like one of them is you almost have to trick yourself. Um, and, And I actually do believe this. But I think that for some people, it, it's more of like a mantra that, that they have to kind of convince themselves of. But the truth of the matter is, I feel like I'm better off with five quarterbacks than, you know, trading one of them, even number my quarterback five, trading him away for, you know, whatever other position, um, just because of the the advantage that I am creating for myself by, first of all, having a quarterback at the super flex position at all times, like even with injuries, even with bye weeks when I've got five of them, I'm going to have two quarterbacks in my lineup every single week. Uh, But also there's, there's an opportunity to stream within your roster, um, which you don't have, you know, in one quarterback leagues, like that's kind of, that's just the general accepted approach to quarterbacks is, is you stream them, you you find the guy right, with right. the best matchup. 
We're all um, secretly redraft players. I, yeah, no. yeah. We exactly. forget that the dynasty waiver wire in no way lets you do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you can you can somewhat do like you could have picked up Mike White this week and you would have been okay. But you know, yeah, for the most part, it's it's not that easy to do in dynasty. But we still take that approach. But in Superflex, you definitely don't have that ability. Not only are all of the starters on rosters, but I mean, most of the usable backups are as well. If there's any path to start, Tyler Huntley is rostered in most Superflex leagues. You know, and and, and we <laughs> that's what we, I mean, though. That's like, yeah, you can say you pick a Mike White, but it gets in a dynasty wave away. It's so deep. Like yeah. I know a few people who would pretend like I'm always stacking. I, I, I had my white <laughs> rostered, but I think most people I know that are good at dynasty that are honest about it were like, yeah, it's just a race on the waiver wire. They have to do yep. something before anyone knows really know because it's a dynasty waiver wire, especially in a super flex will be just a little bit deeper than you're expecting. Um, if you've never played on one before, I don't know why you listen to this podcast. If you've never played on one, <laughs> you already know. Why would I emphasize that? <laughs> but it does change. It, it, Streaming is impossible, but again, that's a force that acts mm-hmm. on you the other way. I was wondering if, it, and I'm not trying to look for inside information. I know we play play against each other, but I guess I am. Yeah. I'm looking for other ways of playing that can work. Um, like, so you don't have a system where you have five quarterbacks, so you'll take your highest value quarterback and try and get a lower value quarterback, and that's how you add more draft picks, or that's how you seek out that running back or wide receiver that you need when you need it. It's just you're going to hold them. It's really yeah, I, their mind. No, no. I I mean, I'm, I'm willing to trade any of them. And actually that's my favorite move is to tear down at quarterback. Cause again, it's, it's right. not that they create a, a scoring advantage per se. It's, it, you know, we know that Pat Mahomes is, has a higher ceiling than, uh, than just about anybody else, right. you know, right. him and Josh Allen, but the, the floor is honestly about the same. Like it's pretty close between Pat Mahomes and no, um, no. So I, you like tearing down, and that makes sense because what your your whole the whole idea is you're going to overvalue quarterbacks at every level, and yeah. so by tearing down, you're actually still getting a player you value more than them anyway. <laughs> exactly. So that and makes yeah, sense. I mean, like you could you can move. The crazy thing is you can move from Pat Mahomes to Justin Fields or to Tua, right, and right. you know get a massive plus on top of that. And if you had done it before the season, I, you know, the, that quarterback was actually the sweetener. Like that was on top of, and you would have, I, you seriously would have got, you would have got Justin Jefferson, you know, plus, plus two, like something like that, you know, maybe not quite that extreme, but like I, I a, AJ yeah. Brown and okay. Tua pretty easily, you know, at least cup. Cause there's a concern with age, maybe, maybe it's a yeah. less competitive team and they just want to go up to Matt Mahomes. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, you know, I, I, it, you definitely, I like, I'm willing to make those moves because that's a, that's such a savvy move to make to tear down at quarterback. I'm, I'm willing to trade any quarterback, but the, the key is to tell yourself that you don't have to, to, to right, remind yourself right. that you don't have to, because where you end up losing leverage in trade negotiations is when, you become desperate to, you know, to get a player off of your roster. And especially if it's one with the, you know, with the type of value that quarterbacks have, like you said, they're overvalued in super flex, really, you know, they're undervalued in the draft, but overvalued overall. And, 
you know, so it, it, you you want to be able to extract that value uh, in any trade that you're going to make. So, well, but if you're telling yourself like I've got it, I have too many quarterbacks, I've got to get rid of one, you're going to end up giving them away at a discount. Let me ask you this: Is do you have a way? Because I don't have a great quarterback evaluation process. Because most of the things I try fail, and until I get something, I'm pretty confident that at least is going to hit. Okay, then I yeah. just leave it to people with better. NFL evaluation skills to be honest with you until it becomes <laughs> real clear like Josh Allen Patrick Mar- like I'm good I know <laughs> you know the, the ball face obvious stuff and yeah. um, so those are really savvy moves but w- do you have a way of looking for those moves and I know that's too generic but put it this way you could have teared down to Justin Fields mm-hmm. from Mahomes and gone on a really good plus but yeah. the same trade is Zach Wilson and that same plus Right. Do you have a way of trying to avoid, oh, is it just the upside of that younger quarterback? And you value him more anyway in general. Yeah. that I, And I, I mean, I, you know, I've got the things that I look for. Like I said, I kind of compartmentalize every position. I That's And I do that at quarterback. I have the things that I look for. But the problem is, I, I mean, I'm not great at it either. My process would have led me to Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. Because right. I'm looking, like, I, I, I like... Uh, and this is, you're going to hate this. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, I like pocket passers because right. that to me, that's, that's sustainable. We know that they have to have some mobility that, you know, our quarterbacks nowadays, if they've got to be able to run, but I like the guys who can sit in the pocket and throw the ball. And that's why I have such a hard time with Lamar Jackson, because if he's not running, he's worthless. Or you Josh know? Allen, frankly, but okay. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> but that's it, it's also where I think that people kind of miss the boat with Jalen Hurts. They they were just exactly, looking yeah. at him as a runner, and not really looking at the ability to throw the ball, um, the accuracy, the downfield power, like all of that was was there. It, it you know it, it was very raw, but it was there. And this is something that it's like, yeah, you can start off running all over the place that's exactly what he's doing that's what Lamar Jackson did that's what Cam Newton and and Russell Wilson did before them but you know it's it's what separates them is the ability to transition into a pocket passer Russell Wilson was able to do it Cam Newton wasn't and that was kind of think it's somewhat undervalued that running as a quarterback has been in the NFL for a lot longer than we tend to think or describe mainly from my perspective of I I didn't, I have no NFL history. Like I didn't grow up watching the game. (laughs) I'm an import, but the, um, it's always been a thing, but um, I would say that Zach has suggested Zach Reed from the dynasty dummies podcast that are live stream with every Wednesday uh, live stream that you've been on. And he pitched or at least explained an idea he's had on that uh, live stream last week saying that this is something the NFL is specifically starting to try to do which is get someone like Jalen Hurts who does have it maybe it's raw let them establish themselves with their legs it's like what they've learned from Josh Allen is let them establish themselves with their legs yeah. and then try to develop them and now the NFL is not a developmental league but the quarterback position has been such a burn I think, and I think it's fair to say, um, on the NFL for a long time, but um, especially in right now in the the height the NFL has hit, uh, the amount of money involved, the amount of competitive teams that are starting to grow. And so 
like the Eagles and like Baltimore and and have, frankly, like they saw Buffalo do, um, and we're seeing uh, the Bears do now. They're letting a quarterback struggle as long mm-hmm. as they're establishing themselves, try and get that floor with your legs. And then even if they, because Lamar Jackson came in a good passer, like you said about Hertz, he was a little raw. Lamar Jackson was a good passer in college. Yeah. And Josh Allen and Hertz make a better comparison because they were, uh, they were both below average passes, I think. Uh, yeah. I can't remember Hertz is passing and um, in college. And it's the same thing with fields. Fields was above average in terms of completion percentage or so, but in the NFL, he was definitely struggling. But so was Zach Wilson. And so what the team did is let them let him establish with his legs and they'll try to develop the rest by letting that be the floor. And I think he's got an interesting idea. It's, it's too much. If you were an NFL GM for me, because I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't play NFL. I play <laughs> fantasy. I don't know, but I do think right. it's an interesting idea that we're seeing several teams at least try something like that. Let a quarterback be bad, but they can run, and <clears throat> and try to do what hasn't happened a lot before in the era of specifically pocket passes. With, um, I mean, coming to an end now. The the Manning, the Ryan, the, uh, that whole era is coming to an end, where it's majoritively pocket passes with Cam Newton and and Robert Griffin thrown in. Um, and instead try and go in a different way because too many of the Zach Wilsons are failing out. I think it's really interesting. I don't, I just thought I'd throw that out because no, <laughs> no, I think it's, it's an interesting it's, idea, you know? It's very true. I mean, you, you want to just kind of say, all right, you know, whatever your, wherever your instincts take you, because here's the thing. I mean, as a, as a college professor, you know, know this better than anyone. You've tried to teach 20 and 21 year old, you know, it, it, and, and you have to do it incrementally. That's why they get a full semester with you instead of you j- just one class to just like to learn everything, everything that you're throwing at them. Like, you know, all of it has to saturate all at once. You know, you're Actually, really kinda... the, the thing that's put that in my head more than anything is um, I, I didn't realize because I said been saying this about undrafted free agents for a while. But how many have we missed watching Geno Smith this year? And Geno yeah. Smith was bad. I mean, it's this is sure. from from my perspective as someone who doesn't know what's good or bad, uh, the but results were they, bad with Geno Smith. They but tried the coach's instincts out of him early on. That's what I mean. But yeah, it makes me wonder how many players could mature yep. instead of just get the opportunity and be good like an undrafted free agent. Instead, how many could mature? Could Zach Wilson? I mean, he's he's an above average for the for the world population of being a quarterback, even if he's below average for the NFL. But yep. by now the team's frustrated. By now the team's doesn't like the media coverage that he isn't <laughs> defending. And I don't think that makes him bad. I don't think that's necessarily true because we're not actually in the locker room. But what I do know is the team will probably react to that, whether it yeah. is or not. But I mean, gives if you have an organization around that doesn't read the newspaper or doesn't listen to any of that stuff, and there's like, no, we're just going to try him for 10 years. Could he eventually? I think, yes, he's above average for the world, right? He's not going to be Mahomes. He's not going to go from Zach Wilson to Justin Fields in terms of fantasy success, maybe. But I definitely think we miss more that could do it, like a Geno Smith is proving, Mm -hmm. because some people need to get older. Some people just need to develop. And it's not a developmental league. It doesn't practically it doesn't help us at all because we can't bet on a Geno Smith career arc. It's just yeah. not happening a lot. And one of the things in just to rail myself, just to reel myself back in for a second. One of the things I like about what you're saying, 
I'll never say that again, John. Just to be clear. <laughs> um, it's pointing I'm out so that... glad this is being recorded. It sucks that you're going to edit it. <laughs> I own the recording, John. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, you're pointing out that you could have ended up with Zach Wilson instead of Fields. And something I think we don't highlight enough, because we all, I think a lot of people, I say we all, I think a lot of other people maybe, like to pretend they're always right and everyone else is stupid and you should just follow me and therefore I will get the money. We don't point out enough that a good process in more all fantasy formats, but especially dynasty, um, is gambling. It's gambling. It's it's. Yeah. I will make this move to Zach Wilson for Pat Mahomes with a big plus, and if it doesn't work, well, I didn't. But if I do, then I get that ginormous upside of what that plus was. If yeah. you know what I mean. And most strategies or most ways of playing, it's not strategy. It's just a way people prefer to play in dynasty, and they're all viable and they're all great. If you're having fun, it's great. But um, it's where you take that shot. Because yeah. that's the downside. You just traded from Patrick Mahomes to a second-round pick. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but at the same time, the upside, if it actually turned out to be Fields, would have been worth it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you do have to take gambles that could put you on your butt or could give you serious upside. Um, yeah. And so you're choosing to do it by overvaluing lower tier quarterbacks where you can. Um, I think that's interesting. Uh, and and trusting my process, even though, like I said, in this case, yeah. I would have got it wrong. And it, it's not that I got it completely wrong because Justin Fields was kind of my second favorite. Right. Out of it's that not class. like you wouldn't have traded Justin Fields. You kind yeah. of the, do you ever like, feel like you're at the whim of your league at that point? Like you've got a process, you have a pretty good idea of how you can get upside. Yeah. But it's about whether the Fields owner or the Wilson owner goes for it. That's yeah. a good question. For the off season's coming, I think more teams are out than are in right now. Yeah. So I'm starting to talk about draft picks and things that might actually be relevant to some of the teams that are like every Sunday sucks because I can't win no more. <laughs> yeah. Is Tree Lance still someone you think like the value is going to come up on by the time the off season gets here? They traded in to get him, and he's young yep. and he can run or. You, and especially steady, you're like nah this has been bad i mean you know and they'll let they'll let garoppolo go and his value is going to shoot up and i like that i like oh. i like the value that you'll get out of him um you know that's the other force that's kind of working on us in the startups is the fact that it is the off season and we're essentially just trading stocks like we're not getting any <laughs> utility nobody's scoring points so it's all just a you know shifting value from one place to another essentially. Um, so you know I'm I'm good with Trey Lance in the sense that there's going to be pretty significant value at some point in the off season. But as far as you know it, it, it you know back to the process, back to the the idea that uh, you know we're looking for pocket passers or at least the the competency to become that uh, because that's sustainable to transition into that. I don't see that with Trey Lance. I just think that he's a, oh. that he's a runner. He always oh. has been. And they've tried to fix his throwing motion. And now he has this very generic looking, um, manufactured looking throwing motion that you can just tell that he's thinking about the mechanics of the throw more than he's thinking about where does the throw need to be, you know, uh, where's the coverage, you know, where's the, the receiver going to be, things like that. Like he's he's got too much in his head that they're trying to coach into him. And to me, that's just too much to overcome. So I'm out. 
Yeah, but you like Zach Wilson, so what would you know? No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I still like Zach Wilson. <laughs> I wanted to talk about age and running backs. We said we would, but we've already yeah. been pretty far in. I think we've got a pretty good episode. So what I'm sure. trying to get people out on, because I realize I get, I just like talking about it too much. And instead, anyone who might one day listen to my podcast might actually want something that's useful. So I'm trying to get most guests out on <laughs> what are you trying to do now? Totally. Yeah. I'm so focused on running back right now, especially <laughs> if I'm, if I'm looking past uh, 2022, um, which, you know, about half of my leagues, I'm still trying to compete because there's so many people who were tanking in 2022 because, you know, to get a better draft pick in 2023 yeah. because this rookie class is going to be so good. So there's a great opportunity for people to to win some championships with flawed rosters. Um, but so, you know, there's some leagues where I'm doing that. But I think this is a great year to try and win if you're in a position yeah. to like it's probably the best year in a while. I mean, I, th I think that if, it, you know, if you're trying to straddle that line, it's hard to do it running back. That's the, that's the tough yeah. part. R running backs have such a specific profile that like, it really narrows it right. down. It really shrinks the universe for us. So like it, what we're looking for is someone who, like you said, is young, um, has, you know, a, a pretty solid workhorse type of role with their roster, but uh, with their team, but also, you know, catches passes. Um, someone who's not really coming off the field situationally. Right. Um, they can't be coming off of a major injury. So I'm out on Brees Hall. Uh, he's going to be a 2024 type of guy for me, um, right. specifically ACL. So, um, and, it, and they can't, it can't be someone who has already been running back one overall, because we know that they don't typically repeat. So, so, you know, this, no this Austin process, Eckler. got it. Yeah. No, yeah. No Austin Eckler. No, definitely no Christian McCaffrey. My God. Um, but like <laughs> this, so this really, <laughs> this really kind so of, much, John. just to be clear, <laughs> this is an active frenemy relationship. We really, anyway, carry on. <laughs> you knew I had to throw that in at some these point. Illegal, these are legal, these are legal shots fired. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. that was, <laughs> yeah, I'm well aware. I'm well aware of your your fandom of Christian McCaffrey. Um, no, so you know this process really kind of brought me to two guys going into 2022, which was Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift. I was like, one of these two guys is like these are the two most likely guys to finish as running back one overall, and I want both of them because you know, it, one of them hits, it kind of doesn't matter what the other one does. And I'm going to do the exact same thing going into 2023. It's going to be Travis Etienne. It's going to be JK Dobbins, man. I I mean, I still think Swift is going to have Damian that upset. Pierce, Kenneth Walker, I, Kenneth from catching what yeah. you're putting down. Those are the ones that come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't quite buy it with Damian Pierce, but yeah, I don't uh, think anyone's going to. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think you can have him in the conversation for the moment. And then, you know, as the off season goes along and as we, as we gain more information, some of these guys are going to drop off and we're going to, like I said, the universe just keeps shrinking until you've got, you know, two or three guys that you've got in mind. Well, if you've got, if you've just, so your criteria here, guys, just so I'm, I'm clear was no ACL tear. Yeah. Cause that takes a little longer. Haven't been good before. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> or at least haven't <laughs> never, been running back been one. Good. Yeah. Um, is there anything else I'm missing there? Also, presumably from the ones you're listing, fairly young early in their career. Career years and age don't predict history, obviously, or even performance. Yeah. Um, but they can tell us trends. And if next year is just stock full of great running backs and Javante Williams comes back and lives up to his volume early this season and Brees Hall comes back and you say it might take an extra year, but J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins, since you actually like him, yeah. then yeah, we could easily see a changeover, if you know what I mean. But here's the thing. I don't think anything... I don't think Alvin Kamara is going to be worse next year. I don't think I can predict Alvin Kamara is suddenly going to fall off the cliff. I don't think Derek Henry... I can predict Derek Henry is going to fall off the cliff. Or Saquon Barkley. He's not as old, but getting up there or christian mccaffrey screw you and <laughs> nope <laughs> so was, i'm agreeing with every one of them and then you get to mccaffrey nope yeah nope. yeah I know. <laughs> but here's the thing you thought it would be her this year um yeah. but here's the thing uh what but saying i can't predict they're gonna be bad or gonna fall off the cliff doesn't mean they won't and so yeah. for me it becomes a value question if i'm if you're giving me alvin kamara plus for a 2023 first to go get this third running back in this class i'm interested because of that upside bet that we were talking about with your quarterback example Mm -hmm. but at the same time i fully expect a lot of good young we know it's coming we don't we never know when but But that (laughs) and that's also kind of the key though right if if running back is is yeah i mean ultimately like i'm collecting that that small group of young guys who are healthy and don't have a ton of usage or you know whatever they're not particularly close to whatever cliff it is that we're trying to avoid but at the end of the day i'm gonna just i'm gonna load i'm getting those guys because they have running back one overall league winning type of upside but I'm just going to load up on as many guys as I can get my hands on. Like if, if, if I can get Joe Mixon cheap, I'm still going to do it. Not because I think he's going to right. be yeah. running back one overall, but it's like it, saying, just... I don't like Joe Mixon. And you're like, Oh man, you're stupid for not trading a second round pick. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. I didn't <laughs> say I wouldn't give a second round. Like that's right. stupid. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and running back is such a year to year proposition anyways. Like we have to constantly be looking for more running backs and we have to constantly be, um, be just kind of, uh, you know, building up this army of them, but also churning them kind of recognizing, uh, the ones that hit, that don't have the upside for various reasons. Like I said, at Brees Hall, Javante Williams, both of those guys coming off of ACLs, we're going to see them in and out of the lineup just the, the exact same way we've seen Dobbins this year. That's going to be them next year. Last year is Saquon Barkley, you know, that, that second year after the ACL tear. So, you know, those guys I'm not going to be super interested in unless they're ridiculously cheap, but they won't be. But, you know, other than that, it's just like I like I don't I don't really care too much unless it's Christian McCaffrey. Like, uh, give me all of them because they're all going to be useful to me. They're just not going to give me the same upside. But I still Um, need that. And this is something I think I have over the nerds. I'm just saying it. nerds. sorry. You got to get better at this. And why I listen so closely to Zach and also you, even though I hate you and disagree with everything you say, obviously. Um. You come up with names that I hate, but <laughs> Dynasty, in my world, Dynasty is largely a nerd-populated place. I think if we were to take an accurate poll, most people playing Dynasty uh, lean closer to target share than they do tape. 
but what that like Kenneth Walker is really interesting because I think you're wrong to target him because he doesn't have receptions, right? But mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's not good. It's the same thing with the that you were just saying about Joe Mixon. It's not like I'm not interested in Kenneth Walker if I yeah. get a good value on him. I just think he doesn't have the because of the reception thing. If you know in your league that people are more likely to devalue Walker because of that, then he actually becomes a running back to target. And that's why I tend to listen to guys like you and Zach, who even in my space come to players I don't like, because I think more people in my leagues are more likely to not like. And I like being reminded of that. There's multiple ways of playing in Dynasty, and it's not zigging when you zag. It's just looking for upside where you can in your league. Um, yeah. um, no, I, yeah, I really appreciate it, John. Thanks very much. Make sure you check out the Superflex Super Show podcast with John on it. It's just you right now, isn't it? you got a co-host? Uh, I, uh, Shane Swagger, uh, um, Swagzilla Zero G on Twitter. He helps me out with uh, Superflex standard operating procedures every week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of that's all we're doing right at the moment. So, um, but I'm gonna get back to some some dynasty focused, strategy focused type content, and uh, that's mostly gonna be me and the occasional guest. I really appreciate it, John. I especially really appreciate the way you keep watching the game instead of looking directly at me. It really makes me feel <laughs> like this is important to you. I appreciate it. It's not even the game. The game's been over for an hour. I just Oh no, I'm that. watching ice skating. I don't even like it. I'm just <laughs> Fa- not Family Guy reruns on mute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how little attention you get from me. Got it. Appreciate it, John. I give you what you deserve, man. (laughs) Well earned. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So Jake on the table and they on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold. So Jake on the table and they on the plays. No, Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.